Psalm chapters 140 through 142. In one of the last episodes, I had said that I think the moon is glowing instead of reflecting the sun's light, but that doesn't explain how we get the eclipse and the half moon and the quarter moon and all of that. So there must be reflection going on as well. The Bible says that the moon is a light. It doesn't say that it's reflecting light. So I still believe, based on the way it looks and what the Bible says, that the moon has some sort of luminescence all of its own. However, there must be a reflection as well because how could you explain the eclipse without that? So I edited that episode 136 because... There must be reflection as well. Now we'll continue with Psalm chapter 140, verse 1. To the overseer, a psalm of David. This is written by King David. Deliver me, O Jehovah, from an evil man, from one of violence thou keepest me. David was delivered from King Saul, who was violent, and he was also delivered from his own son Absalom, who was violent toward him. 2. Who have devised evils in the heart all the day they assemble for wars. Some men love to fight wars. King David fought many battles and wars, but it was always to cleanse sin from the land of Israel. 3. They sharpened their tongue as a serpent. Poison of an adder is under their lips. Selah. Men who love violence, the motivation is either revenge or self-promotion. King David didn't want revenge or self-promotion. He didn't fight battles strictly for his own gain. 4. Preserve me, Jehovah, from the hand of the wicked. From one of violence thou keepest me, who hast devised to overthrow my steps. The person who is violent toward you and me is Satan and all of his minions. They would love for us to get sick or get in an accident or have something else tragic happen to us. Satan is plotting against us all the time, but every single time we can pray for deliverance. 5. The proud hid a snare for me, and cords. They spread a net by the side of the path. Snares they have set for me. Selah. Selah is a musical instruction, and nobody knows what it means. The proud demons create snares for us. They're trying to entrap us in sin. Fear and doubt are both sins. So sometimes Christians won't go drinking or smoking or carousing, but they are willing to harbor fear and doubt. And that's how Satan often gets Christians to engage in sin in their heart. He causes them to lose their faith. So we have to resist fear and doubt and anything else that would cause us to lose our faith. 6. I have said to Jehovah, My God art thou. Hear, Jehovah, the voice of my supplications. Supplications means prayer requests. He's saying, Hear me, because you are my God. 7. O Jehovah, my Lord, strength of my salvation, thou hast covered my head in the day of armor. David says that when he has to go out to battle, the Lord is covering him as a shield. And you and I go out to battle every day when we endeavor to obey the commandments of the Lord and resist sin and forgive others who have hurt us. That's the battle that we fight. 
Some people think that their battle is dealing with the consequences of their sin, and they think that carrying their cross means that they have to put up with the consequences of their sin. But that is not carrying our cross. That's discipline from the Lord. We don't get any credit for discipline from the Lord. Carrying our cross means resisting sin, not enduring the consequences of it. Today in a lot of churches, if you tell them about the consequences of your sin, they'll pat you on the back and tell you that you're carrying your cross. And that isn't the case. After we repent of our sins, then we pick up our cross, which is self-denial. 8. Grant not, O Jehovah, the desires of the wicked. His wicked device bring not forth. They are high. Selah. Wicked people think that they're better than others, and those wicked demons also think that they're better than us and better than God. So we can pray that the Lord will bring them down and conquer them. It's Jesus who casts demons out of our lives, not us. That's why we need prayer, and that's why we need to humble ourselves and ask Jesus to cast them out. There's some today that make a big deal about casting out demons. We have that authority in Christ, but it's only because of His power and His name. So it's just like when you hand your child the credit card. You're the one who pays the bill and owns the credit card. The kids shouldn't have any pride in saying, Oh, I have Daddy's credit card. 9. The chief of my surrounders, the perverseness of their lips covereth them. The lips of demons are perverse because every single thing they tell us is a lie. And they do surround us like wolves. They're invasive and they don't go easily. We have to actually kick them out because they won't politely stay away from us. They are lawbreakers and that's why they have to be rebuked and cast out. 10. They cause to fall on themselves burning coals. Into fire he doth cast them. Into deep pits they arise not. That will happen to the demons on judgment day. They will go into the fiery pit that they have created for themselves. But in the meantime, people who harass us and abuse us are also digging their own pit of condemnation for their own sins. So we should pray for them and teach them the gospel so that they can repent. 11. A talkative man is not established in the earth. One of violence, evil hunteth to overflowing. People who plot against others talk a lot because they wage verbal campaigns against other people. So it's a red flag when somebody talks a lot about how much others have hurt them. That's somebody who needs to learn to forgive instead of trying to get revenge. What I've noticed in my life is people who complain the most are usually not the victims. So if you're around somebody who constantly complains and constantly plays the victim, they're probably the abuser. 12. I have known that Jehovah doth execute the judgment of the afflicted, the judgment of the needy. The Lord judges in the favor of the needy, the weak, and the helpless, and the abused. Now that doesn't mean that we'll never get abused, we will get abused by the world, but he'll still ultimately judge in our favor. We'll have to endure for a time, but he will take down our attackers in his will, in his good time. And he will restore us if we remain faithful during the attack. 13. Only the righteous give thanks to thy name. The upright do dwell with thy presence. Righteous people are thankful for what the Lord has done for them. 
But if somebody has a spirit of complaining, then they're not thankful and they're not righteous. We need to not be grumblers like the Israelites were in the desert. In this desert of life that we're going through, we need to be thankful at all times like King David was. And then we can walk in spiritual victory. And that concludes Psalm chapter 140. Psalm chapter 141, verse 1, a psalm by David. King David wrote this, O Jehovah, I have called thee, haste to me, give ear to my voice when I call to thee. He's asking the Lord to listen to him. We can talk to the Lord just like we would talk to another person and say, please listen to me. 2. My prayer is prepared, incense before thee, the lifting up of my hands, the evening present. In the Bible, incense represents the prayers of the saints. The Lord prescribed incense to be burnt in his temple, but it was according to his own recipe, not those hideous incense sticks that are very toxic and disgusting smelling. Incense is also mentioned in the book of Revelation as representing the prayers of the saints. 3. Set, O Jehovah, a watch for my mouth. Watch thou over the door of my lips. That's a prayer asking the Lord to keep our lips from saying anything unclean, such as gossip, complaining, blasphemy, lies, and any speech that is unbecoming to a Christian. If you struggle with sin, ask the Lord to help you stop sinning. This is what King David did throughout all of the book of Psalm. We have to have the grace of God to stop sinning. We can't make ourselves do it with self-will. When I was young, I didn't know that I could pray to ask the Lord to keep me holy. So I was using self-will all the time, and it just fails. For incline not my heart to an evil thing, to do habitually actions in wickedness, with men working iniquity, yea, I eat not of their pleasant things. King David says, I don't want to sit at the table with wicked men, and I want you, Lord, to keep me from being wicked. 5. The righteous doth beat me in kindness, and doth reprove me. Oil of the head of my head disalloweth not, for still my prayer is about their vexations. King David is saying that if a righteous man slaps him on the face, in a rebuke, then it is kindness to him. And if a righteous man verbally rebukes him, then it is like precious oil on his head, which represents the Holy Spirit. King David was so wise, unlike our generation today, that gets instantly offended if anyone confronts them about their behaviors. But King David wanted to be confronted if he did something wrong. He wanted to be rebuked. And when the prophet Nathan confronted him, he instantly humbled himself and repented. But in today's society, if someone says, hey, your behaviors are not right, you attack that person and say horrible things about them on social media, nobody can handle criticism anymore. And criticism would do a whole lot of us much good. If people could handle criticism, they'd actually grow up. We need to learn from King David and allow people to criticize us. I've seen t-shirts that say, no man can judge me. But that's like bringing a curse on yourself, because it's way better to humble yourself under the judgment of other people 
we'd better accept rebuke now and repent immediately like King David did with the prophet Nathan than to assert our rights and still be in sin on judgment day. 6. Their judges have been released by the sides of a rock, and they have heard my sayings, for they have been pleasant. In verse 5 he had also said that his prayers are against the deeds of evildoers. We can actually pray that the Lord will undo a lot of evil that has been done in the world. Now here in verse 6 he says that evil rulers will be thrown from a cliff. This is metaphor. Spiritually, they will fall off of a cliff. And this is why they need lots of prayer. I can think of lots of evil rulers right now, even in our nation, who are spiritually falling off that cliff. It's going to be very bad for them if they don't repent. 7. As one tilling and ripping up in the land have our bones been scattered at the command of Saul. King Saul was evil. Even though David refused to attack Saul and showed him much honor, he didn't lie about Saul and say that Saul was a good man. Saul was an extremely evil man. King David here is saying that because of Saul, Israelites have died. They died in some of the battles because of Saul, and also Saul was probably letting Israelites commit sins to some degree, which would cause them to die spiritually. 8. But to thee, O Jehovah, my Lord, are mine eyes. In thee I have trusted. Make not bare my soul. In this verse, make not bare my soul means don't let me die. He says, I look to you and I trust you only, so give me salvation. King David is asking that the Lord save his life from the evil machinations of King Saul. 9. Keep me from the gin they laid for me, even snares of workers of iniquity. The men who were behind Saul tried to hunt down David and kill him, and David is asking that he not fall into their traps and lose his life. But this is a metaphor for you and I asking the Lord that we don't fall into Satan's traps and lose our salvation. 10. The wicked fall in their nets together till I pass over. The wicked demons will fall. We don't want to fall with them. We want to pass over in righteousness. And that concludes Psalm chapter 141. Psalm chapter 142, verse 1. And instruction of David, a prayer when he is in the cave. This is when David was hiding in the cave from King Saul. Just as the last chapter was probably a song from when David had to hide from Saul, this one is another song that he sang when he was in hiding and needed help from the Lord. My voice is unto Jehovah, I cry. My voice is unto Jehovah, I entreat grace. Grace is not forgiveness in the Bible, it's power. When we ask for grace, we're asking for the power of God in our lives. And King David was asking for God's power to keep him alive. 2. I pour forth before him my meditation, my distress before him, I declare. He says that he has been thinking about the laws of God and the words of God, and he is rehearsing those words back to the Lord. And he's also telling the Lord the distress that he is in which means that when we're in distress, we can tell the Lord the distress we're in and also rehearse back his words that are in the Bible. 
3. When my spirit hath been feeble in me, then thou hast known my path. In the way in which I walk, they have hid a snare for me. King Saul's men were laying traps for David. He was on one side of the mountain and they were on the other side, and he kept moving around that mountain to avoid them based on their movement. They were trying to catch him, but they couldn't, because he prayed that in his weakness, the Lord would show him which way to walk around that mountain to avoid Saul's men. For looking on the right hand, and seeing, and I have none recognizing, perished hath refuge from me, there is none inquiring for my soul. David says when he looks to his right, there's no friends there to help him. He did have a small band of men who were helping him, but in reference to how many people were in the kingdom, it wasn't a lot. 5. I have cried unto thee, O Jehovah, I have said, Thou art my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. The land of the living is heaven eternal. King David said that the Lord is the Lord of the living, because we all are going to live eternally if we follow him. 6. Attend thou unto my loud cry, for I have become very low. Deliver thou me from my pursuers, for they have been stronger than I. David cried out loudly, and you can too when you're in prayer. And Jesus also cried loudly when he was on the cross. And he also cried loudly another time when he was praying and the disciples heard him. And that's why they asked him, Lord, teach us how to pray, because they could hear him praying even from a distance. And also they knew when Daniel was praying in his house, Evidently, he must have made a little bit of noise too, because otherwise it wouldn't have been so easy for his enemies to know when he was praying in his chamber. 7. Bring forth from prison my soul to confess thy name. The righteous do compass about me when thou conferrest benefits upon me. Sometimes this life feels like a prison, because it's a wilderness journey full of hardships, suffering, and trials. But when we get to heaven, we will be compassed or surrounded by nothing but righteous ones. We will be full of the benefits of God. In this life as well, we can pray for righteousness and the benefits of the Lord, but it'll be nothing like what we're going to experience in heaven. And that concludes Psalm chapter 142.